In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Holy Great Fast, and on the second week of the fast, we read the story of when Christ was tempted in the wilderness. We read in Matthew 4, verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And if the Lord Jesus Christ himself could be tempted by the devil, and this is something that is recorded for us for our benefit to understand that this is something that happened to him, it sends a message to us and tells us that we also are going to be tempted by the devil. And then this is something that we should expect. And the Lord gives us an example of how to endure and persevere in the midst of temptation that we can learn from. So I, I want to speak about two points. It'll be for this week and next week. The first is, how do we understand temptation? What are some of the characteristics of temptation that we should keep in mind so that we can be successful when we are tempted? And the second is, that we'll speak about next week, God willing, is how do we overcome temptation? So first, how do we understand temptation? The first is, we understand that Satan is the one who has dominion on the earth. In Ephesians 2 verse 2, it says, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Also, and elsewhere in the scripture, it refers to Satan as the ruler of this world. So even though, of course, we believe and know that the Lord Jesus Christ, that God is the Pantocrator, and he is the creator, and he is the one who has ultimate authority over everything, even the devil, and yet for a time, God has allowed the devil to reign in the world, and thus we see him as the ruler. The world that we live in is governed by certain principles, and those principles, when we look around us, what are the principles? They're certainly not the principles of God, but they are the principles of the world and the principles of evil, the principles of Satan. And so being here in this place, in this place where the devil has dominion, we of course should expect that we should experience temptations because Satan is the one who has dominion here. We are tempted because God has allowed Satan to freely tempt us. And this is something that we have to accept and to live with and to understand how is it that we can protect ourselves in the midst of all of this temptation. We are constantly assaulted and assailed by the attacks of the enemy, whether it be in our thoughts, whether it be in actions that other people are doing around us, whether it be in our desires, Satan is, has, uh, like this is a playground for him and we are uh, the, the children of his enemy and so we become his enemy and he seeks to attack us, to destroy us, and to make us to fall. So the first point to understand temptation is we live in the dominion of Satan, and Satan is um, clearly trying to tempt us at every opportunity. The second thing we should understand is that Christ also was tempted in all things. Christ, who lived on the earth, who the same earth that we are living in, he himself did not escape the temptations of Satan. That Satan, even when he saw that Christ was, was incarnate on the earth, he also used that opportunity to tempt him. God had never been tempted. God in heaven had never been tempted. Satan never went there and tried to tempt God. And yet when the Lord came and was incarnate, he, he was tempted. We read in Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So when we say that Christ is the Savior and he is the Redeemer, of course, yes, we, we believe that he died for our sins and he shed his blood so that we could be forgiven of our sins. But he also experienced all the same kinds of temptations that we experience as a human being. We read today in the scripture how when the Lord was genuinely hungry as a human being, how 
the, the devil came and offered him food. He, he, uh, he offered him um, something that would satisfy his flesh. Even though he was in that point still fasting and made a point to he wanted to fast for 40 days and 40 nights and yet the devil came in the midst of this fasting and he offered him something that would satisfy his flesh. And yes, of course, we can say, yes, but he is God, but he was also fully human being in this moment. He was fully human being and he experienced hunger just like all of us experience hunger. So when he was offered food, of course, this was very attractive for him after having fasted for so long, something that he would want. Maybe we in our attempts to fast, we fast for just a little bit and we can't keep ourselves away from the food that is offered to us um, even after a very short period of fasting compared to what the Lord Jesus Christ did. Also, the devil uh, tempted Christ with vainglory. He told him, go up into the pinnacle of the temple and throw yourself down and the angels are going to come and keep you from being harmed. And so that all of the world would see your glory and all the world would know that you are God. And so again, he offered him this temptation, which would appeal to his desire to be known, uh, uh, to his, his desire to, to be seen, his desire to be glorified, again, as a human being. And yet, of course, we know that God did not uh, assent to this. So in every way, the Lord was tempted as we are. And so for these reasons, we look to him as someone, yes, who is a redeemer and savior, but also someone who is very intimately aware of us and our situation. That when he looks down from heaven at us, he doesn't see us in an impractical way. He sees us with full understanding of our weaknesses and who we are. The third point to understand about temptations is that temptations are very powerful and we should not underestimate them or think ourselves strong enough to overcome them. St. Peter, when he's describing the devil, he says, be sober and be, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I, I was watching this video um, showing this very young child uh, at the zoo and there was a, a glass barrier and on the other side of the glass barrier there's a lion, a huge ferocious lion that's like, you know, 50 times larger than this young child and this young innocent child is, uh, you know, uh, clueless and oblivious to the fact that this lion is there. And you can see this lion is trying to eat the child. He is gnawing at him. He is putting his mouth on the glass, trying to eat him. And the only thing protecting the child from this lion is this clear glass, which is, I suppose, thick enough so that people feel safe to leave their child there. But if you'd imagine how you would feel if you were this child and you actually go into this place where the lion is, that all of us would, of course, understanding what the lion is and the power of the lion, we would be frightened. We would not want to go in, even as adults. We would feel immediately we can go in and we could be completely devoured by this lion. And so we avoid the lion. And anyone telling us to go into the place where the lion is, we certainly would flee. We wouldn't, we wouldn't do it because we know the danger that is there. The devil is likened to this lion, that we are like this young child that is weak, that is powerless, in front of this devil who is a lion who is has the power to devour us and consume us and to destroy us in the book of isaiah it lists some of the characteristics characteristics of the devil and he and he says he has weakened the nations like all the nations of the world are under his sway that have been weakened by him that are in a trance because of him that we look at the world around us and all the people who believe themselves to be very strong and very intelligent and yet maybe they are completely under the sway of the devil without even realizing it. The devil is extremely, extremely powerful and he's extremely deceptive and he's able to get what he wants from, from, from human beings and he has great, great experience doing so. 
So when we, knowing that he exists and knowing that he is powerful, we cannot just stand in front of him without any protection and expect that we are going to survive, to expect that we are strong enough to resist his temptations. Even if we believe we can resist for a time and yet eventually we will succumb because we are weak and we did not choose to flee. This is why God tells us to flee from him, to flee from the devil. Don't even stand and to have this battle. Run away like Joseph ran away when he was being tempted by Potiphar's wife. He did not stay in the house and consider himself strong enough to overcome her temptations, but he fled. He fled even leaving his garments behind. That's how fast he wanted to get out of there, that he did not see himself as being able to withstand such a temptation. He did not trust himself. He wanted to leave, to, re to remove himself from the situation as fast as he could. So we should not take temptations lightly. We should take them very seriously. They are a weapon of the enemy against us. And the minute someone points some kind of weapon against us, the smart thing to do is to get out of the way, is to run away, is to not be in that place because we have no weapons of our own. We have no weapons that are equivalent to the weapon of the devil. The only weapons we have are the weapons that God is the one who gives us, not, the, not weapons that are intrinsic to us. When St. Paul speaks in Ephesians chapter 6 about putting on the armor of God, this is the weapons, this is the weaponry that God has given us against the devil to fight him. But we have no weapons of our own. We are not strong in ourselves in order to wage war against him. And he is ferocious and vigilant and continues to fight against us to the last breath. And without getting bored, without losing hope, without feeling that he has failed and so he gives up, these are human characteristics. You know, when we try something many times and it doesn't succeed, it's easy for us to give up and we don't try again. The devil does not have this. The devil will completely keep trying until our very last breath. Even in the story of St. Macarius, after St. Macarius died and his spirit was rising up to heaven, the devils continued to attack him and to make him fall into pride even before he entered into paradise after he had died. This is the vigilance of the devil who does not want to let us go. So again, standing before him, we should not think ourselves strong to overcome him. His temptations are very powerful. This is why we need the help of God in overcoming him, which God willing we'll speak about next time. Number four, temptations reveal a hidden desire in each of us. In James 1.14, it says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. What is it that the devil uses in order to entice us to sin? in order to harm us and to damage us, he uses our own desires. And our own desires are good, but he twists what is it that he offers us. He takes the good thing that we are, that we are wanting and he twists it and perverts it and pre presents it to us in this twisted, perverted way, which becomes like poison to us. It's like we have a natural desire to drink water and so the devil takes poison and he puts it in the water and he offers it to us with the poison. So the thing we are seeking is good, but mixed with poison, it becomes damaging. It becomes harmful and can lead us to death. For instance, sexual desire is good. God created it in us, but, but the devil takes it and perverts it in so many different ways and presents it to us in this perverted way, which then becomes damaging and harmful to us. God, for, for instance, he allows us to have good things. Money, for instance. Money is a gift, a blessing that God gives to us and he wants us to use it wisely. But the devil takes this desire to have it, 
this desire to have possessions, and he twists it and perverts it and makes it to become a god for us, makes it to become a goal in our life, not simply to have the things that we need, but to indulge and to be in excess. So everything that becomes sin has its nature, has its, its root in something that is fundamentally good that the devil then takes and he twists. And so he reveals there is a hidden desire inside of us and which is why it's easy for us to go after things. It's easy for us to go after something which we naturally desire, kind of neglecting and ignoring and not being aware of the harm that is going to come to us because of the twisted and perverse way that the devil has uh, confused us and to made us to think that this, this thing we are seeking is actually good, even though the devil has made it to be evil for us. The fifth thing to understand about temptations is that temptations are inevitable in the service of God. In Sirach ch chapter 2 verse 1, it's a famous verse, it says, Son, when you apply yourself to the service of God, stand in justice and in fear and prepare your soul for temptation. Many people that begin to embark on a spiritual journey, whether that spiritual journey be, let's say, during the great fast, many people want to be committed in praying more and fasting diligently and giving more to the poor and doing prostrations and doing something good. They want to say, you know, I want to use this opportunity of these 55 days to be focused on my spiritual life, to stay away from things that are harmful, to try to get rid of bad habits, to try to approach God more. A very good and noble reason a very good and, and noble desire for us to do this during the time of the great fast this is actually why the church even arranges fasting periods for us in order for us to be focused but the minute that we begin to try to walk in this path we will find all kind of obstacles we will find that we are more hungry than usual we will find that we start to have conflicts with other people we will find that there are other things that come that are unexpected, other conflicts, other problems, other circumstances that make it difficult for us to continue to pursue the goals that we have set for ourselves. And this is again is the response of the enemy to us when he sees that we are trying to walk closer to God. Temptations are inevitable whenever we try to do some good work. When we try to serve other people, we will find maybe that they are not thankful for the service we have given maybe even making us not want to serve them at all. When we try to forgive other people, we will find maybe that they feel like they are not even, they did not even harm us in any way and are not needing for us to forgive them. Again, making us not want to forgive and instead continuing to be angry and hateful toward others. Every good work that we try to do, we find that there is some obstacle, there is, there is some attack. But that doesn't mean that we should give in to these feelings because the devil is never going to let us go. He doesn't want us to do good work. He doesn't want us to do the work of God. And so, again, he says what? Stand in justice and in fear and prepare your soul for temptation. This is something we should be prepared for, something we should expect. And when we, ex we experience this, he says what? Stand in justice and in fear. Stand in the fear of God. Stand knowing that any good work that we do can only be done through the grace of God working in us, through the work of the Holy Spirit working in us, because we are dust and there is nothing in me that can do any good work apart from God working in me. And so the, these periods of time, even that God allows to us to realize and to see the magnitude and extent of our weakness, so that we turn to God and we say, even in my good works, God, you are the one who supports me. I don't do good work by myself. You are the one who supports me in all the good work that I offer to you. Number six, temptations will last until the end of our life. 
Luke 4.13 says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So even after the Lord successfully overcame the temptations of the devil and did not fall into sin, these three temptations that we read today, it says at the end that the devil departed from him, but not forever, not permanently, until an opportune time. So whenever we have any success against any temptation, it feels good. It feels like we have overcome and that we are successful. And yet that should not let us to bring our guard down because sometimes the devil leaves for a time and returns again. He, 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 he kind of gives us a break and maybe in this period where there is no temptation, we begin to have a false sense of security and we begin to think ourselves strong that we are able to overcome. Sometimes people who struggled with a sin for many years come and say, you know what, in the last week, two weeks, month, I overcame this sin and I'm not doing it anymore. And they come with a, a, a joy that this is something that they have been able to overcome without realizing that maybe the reason that we have overcome such a sin is because the devil has kind of stopped tempting us for a time, waiting for us to kind of gain a false sense of security, to let our guard down again so that he can come back even more ferociously afterward. And so again, we should be very diligent and very careful so that we don't fall into his traps. We will be tempted till the very last moment of our life. And this is something that we have to understand. There will be no time where the temptation is gone. Whether he tempts us in one way or another way, whether he tempts us in ways that we are familiar with or new ways that we have never experienced, there will be temptation. Which is why we turn to God on a daily basis and we ask God to deliver us from the devil, to deliver us from his temptations. Whether we are aware of his temptations or not, they are present and they are seeking to destroy us, this lion who is seeking to devour us. So we're asking God constantly on a daily basis, God deliver us from the temptations of the devil. Do not allow his temptations to overcome us and we want to um, succeed in this. Finally, God allows temptations for our benefit. Even though the devil is tempting us not for our benefit, he is tempting us to destroy us. He is tempting us to make us fall. He is tempting us so that we would turn away from God. He is tempting us so we would fall into every kind of addiction. He is tempting us for every bad motive and reason. And yet God in his goodness and in his love takes the temptations of the enemy and he transforms them from being something for destruction to being something that can help us. The temptations of the devil can actually benefit us in many ways. Isaac the Syrian, he says, without temptations, the providence of God for man does not manifest itself. And it is impossible without them to receive the boldness in God and learn the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And moreover, it will not be possible to anchor the divine love in your soul. When we experience temptations, we realize our weakness. We realize our frame. We realize that we are but dust. We realize who we are. And it's only when we realize who we are and humble ourselves that God can help us in any way. When we are prideful, when we think that we are strong, when we think that we can conquer anything by ourselves, we have no need of God. And we will not turn to him. And we will not ask of him. And we will not receive from him. This is why he says the temptation, the providence of God does not manifest itself. The providence is God giving us of himself, God giving us what we need. We will not receive anything from God unless we feel that we are in need of him. 
because we will not even go to ask him and we will think that we are um, we are strong and uh, on our own without the presence of God in our lives so temptations God can use them to help us to see our weakness and to turn to God more and to feel like we are even more in need of him st. Paul in the famous passage when he is asking God to remove the thro the thorn from his side which is um, many of the church fathers believe uh, st. Paul had a kind of blindness um, or difficulty seeing and so for the sake of the ministry that st. Paul was doing clearly him being able to see clearly is is would be very beneficial to him and so st. Paul is asking him he's asking God saying take away this 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 thorn take away this disease so that I can see clearly so that I can serve even the, his motivation was not just like his personal gain or because he wanted to have an easier life he wanted to serve God more fully and in order to do that he needed to be able to see and yet the Lord's response to him is my strength is made perfect in weakness he refused even though st. Paul asked him three separate times for this and yet God refused and his reason was is that you need to feel weak in order for you to be successful in your service in order for you not to be puffed up with pride in order for you to be able to receive all the gifts that I want to give you without falling you have to feel humility and weakness to realize that every good thing that's happening in you is coming from God and not from yourself and the same is true with us sometimes even when we want to overcome sin we want to overcome it for the wrong reasons we want to overcome sin because we are bothered by it we want to overcome sin because we are disappointed in ourselves we other we want to overcome sin because we want to have a better reputation there are sometimes we want to do the right thing but even for the wrong reason the reason we should cut sin out of our lives is because it's an obstacle between us and God and because of our love for God we do not want to sin against him that should be the reason why so sometimes even as we are trying to do something good we have to evaluate our motives and see why is it that I'm doing this what am I trying to achieve and, and, and what does it say about myself? We are weak, we are dust, and we will forever be here on this world, here on this earth. God allows temptations to remind us of who we are. He uses the temptations that the, that the devil wants to destroy us with. He protects us from destruction and he accepts our repentance, but at the same time, he wants us to know our frame and to know ourselves. So here are just some um, reasons why we spoke about today, that we, how we should understand temptation. Satan has dominion on the earth. Christ was tempted in all things. Temptations are very powerful. The devil is uh, a roaring lion seeking to devour us. Temptations reveal a hidden desire that the devil perverts. Temptations are inevitable in the service of God. Every time we try to do something good, the devil will respond with temptation. Temptations will last until the end of our life. There will be no time where we have a reprieve. And even if we have, it'll be temporary for the sake of him coming again against us. And finally, God allows temptation for our benefit. God willing, next time we will speak about how to overcome um, the temptations that the devil against, uh, sends against us. May God bless this fast and help us to be vigilant in order to repel through the power of God the temptations of the enemy. And glory be to God forever. Amen.